righty, and welcome to the show is stand-up comedian and podcast host, Joe Fernandez. How are you, sir? Hey, man, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Did I just mispronounce it again? That's fine. You can okay, go with Fernandez. it. Right? <laughs> Fernandez. Fernandez, Fernandez, whatever. You make me sound more special than I am. <laughs> I don't want, maybe you're the next Rico Suave. <laughs> I'll take it. You know, early in my comedy career, there was this like Spanish woman. I was like a like an MC, open micro level, and there's this big Spanish woman that would come to this bar gig I went to, and she'd go, Fernando, Fernando, I want to meet you after the show. And I'm like, that's a, that's Fernando. <laughs> it just makes me sound way sexier than I am. <laughs> Fernandez, Fernando. Oh, man. So you have hosted your Daydream Legend podcast as well as your mini web series, I Don't Know Joe. Um, and you've also noted before that you've been doing this since about 2004. Yeah, yeah. I think my first comedy attempt was 2004. Yeah. You got a lot of material to dissect. Uh, obviously, Impossible Human is just very awesome because you could just, you kind of just naturally just dissect just various common topics that most other comedians will just want to dedicate just one entire act to and you just you went for the roof you went through yeah everything like signatures on yeah is this gay enough for you is this making you laugh is this anxiety and uh, i was really digging the part where you just uh just talk about just going to the gym and all the pressure (laughs) yeah (laughs) as well as being an emt (laughs) Yeah, so that's the things I think of, like, because, like, you know, that that one bit is about touching ugly people. Because that's my wife, who's a nurse. I always ask her, like, how do you touch ugly people? Like, I don't even want to sit next to ugly people. <laughs> and like, you have a career of it. Then, like, EMS. At least she gets to know her people. Like EMS people, you just come right in, just in for the kill. And it's in like, case, I know up. that's why I couldn't be in an EMS. I would overthink it. I'd be like, I don't know. They're too ugly. I don't think I could save them. <laughs> not because they're ugly just because i have a weak stomach that's always no i get it. it it was good it was really good at just kind of talking to topics that are even just kind of hard to talk about so i gotta commend you for that alone yeah mm-hmm. people um, are like this guy's a dick <laughs> save an ugly person they're already going to the next podcast <laughs> totally um you had a great video also on just where you were taking fan mail and it happened to be just uh, things to kind of kill anxiety before a show each day and how you previously was like, oh, you better not fuck up. You better not do this. And then it turned into, hey, man, when don't you got this? You know, um, uh, what made you comfortable kind of just sharing a little bit about yourself? Just wanted to inspire others. What was the question? I'm sorry. What, uh, what, what, what made you want to inspire others with that question? Oh, with that question? What about the anxiety? Like the yeah, performance just, anxiety? Uh, de-stressing. Yeah, a guy. Yeah, a guy. A guy messaged me about it. How do I deal with it? And um, for for years, I get like um, I think I used to, I used to have my anxiety, and like I the show needed to go well for me to get rid of the anxiety, which is the worst way to go up. Like I'm putting all the onus on the audience. Yeah, <laughs> to give me love before I'm comfortable enough to give them a good show. And it's just not a recipe for success. 
you know, <laughs> like it was like a 50 50 because like, but then um, I remember a buddy of mine, we were hanging and, uh, you know, because when you're new, when you're new doing, I guess, anything, but especially stand up, because we're talking about you, you're very insecure. You just have no idea. And he goes to me one time, he goes, how come we're the only ones not having fun here tonight? <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> look, I'm like, you're right. Like, we should be having fun. So uh, I realized that my brain is just that way. Like, I naturally am in, like, I'm natural. like, my my base emotion is anxiety. So I have to accept that. And then I just... I give myself pep talks. I just got to remind myself, like you, this is what you like to do. This is what you love to do. Like, why are like, go have a good time. Like if you're not going to have a good time, they're not going to have a good time. Like, yeah. So go up there having a good time. Cause at least I feel like if I go up there, like I'm having a good time, even if it goes to shit, I know I went up there with the right attitude. <laughs> People are magnetic. So magnetize. <laughs> yeah. Cause I used to be like, I used to be like, I hope this goes well. And now I'm more like, you know, this is going to go well. And if it doesn't go well, I went up with the right attitude. So fuck you people. You stink. I can say that afterwards. Oh, am I supposed to not curse on this? I for- no, I'm, I I never censor any comedians. But yeah, I, okay. I, I would used to start that off where I would have someone who I know was very foul mouthed. I'm like, oh, by the way, Kevin, you can't curse. Well, fuck. No. Yeah. Yeah, no. We, we're an open okay. platform. All right, cool. I, I, don't need, just- I don't even add the explicit rating because I hate... I just don't like that label. It's like, it's not like yeah. I'm trying to piss everyone off. If I'm explicit, that better be, I don't know, bodily fluid talk or some shit. You know? Yeah. <laughs> explicit. I like how I ask after I curse. I'm like, no, oh, wait, excuse fine. me. It's fine. One time I did a gig where they were like, can you be clean for like 45 to an hour? I'm like, of course I could. It was like a fundraiser. And I get, I get to the point, I'm at like 57 minutes. The show's almost over. And a guy heckles me and just, I just go in this asshole over here. Like I just, I was, <laughs> I was in the home stretch, man. <laughs> it's hard to do when the crowd is that, like you say, level of interactiveness and then they're just killing the energy in the room. So you're just like, Hey, I'm not gonna let you take my soul. <laughs> I have a video of it. You see my face just go like, <gasps> like right after I say it, <laughs> but, but and they all laughed because they knew what happened. I was like, I'm sorry. Like, no big deal. You did 57 minutes and you only said asshole. You're bringing That's... us people in for this fundraiser. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> so was uh, Daydream Legend previously known as All In Our Heads or was that a different podcast you were a part of? No, All In Our Heads was uh, me and my buddy, Mike Gaffney. He's a very funny comedian. If Google him, he's got awesome stuff. Uh, years ago, I had a podcast called I Don't Know Joe where uh, I was just um, me interviewing people. And I hated that because I just, it's such a pain to get guests. You know, it was, you know, probably (laughs) consistently. It's hard. You basically got to, like you say, just like you got to force a, hey, we're going to be happy. You got to force a, I'm going to be patient. Yeah. You said you wanted to do this. I, I had one person who I won't name who basically wanted desperately to be on the show. They were promoting a superhero movie they're in. And then mm-hmm. they just like rescheduled five different times and they always had an excuse and it was hard to tell, okay, they're, it's a white lie. Okay. No, that's bullshit. Okay. No, you really did have that, but you're just very bad at using whatever this could be on your phone and you would still not be able to access. <laughs> I was just like, okay, last chance. You really want to do this. I pretty much just put them on the spot. I hate doing that, but I was just like, you want to do this or not? 
Yeah, it's <laughs> annoying. It's annoying. And then what, what my buddy Mike Gaffney had the Mike Gaffney show. And we kept being guests on each other's shows when <laughs> other people would cancel. So we were like, let's just have a show together because we have good banter back and forth. So first there it was go. our first podcast was called Now What? And then what? and then we turned it to all in our heads. And we did that for probably like four or five years. And then we do yeah. the pandemic. And then he got to like on cruise ships since the pandemic. And he's not home a lot, so we we're like, if we can't do it regularly, we're just gonna uh, not do it. And then I wasn't gonna podcast because it's very hard to find someone you have good, you know, chemistry Before. with on the mic. Yeah. So I was like, and then I always felt like weird about solo podcasting. It, but what, it gets annoying because you're like, hmm, now I have to edit myself, or. I knew what I wanted to talk about, but I recorded on the worst possible day. I had a cough last minute. <laughs> yeah. Or just like the insecurity of like just talking to myself. Like it just always felt very weird. It, it's but annoying then, being alone. I missed podcasting because I love doing it because sometimes I would generate material for my stand up act just by riffing on a topic with my friend. And uh, so I was like, you know what? Just go for it. Start one. You don't have to promote it a lot. Like to me, like I'm using it as like I just like my rule is I don't want to do politics unless <laughs> it's going to be funny. Like I, I I want no seriousness. So I have yeah. people call in with weird would you rather send me weird news. <laughs> I just really just want to have fun. I commit to 30 minutes. I'm trying to keep it short. I'll go to 45, maybe 50 if we're having a good time. <laughs> but like it's meant to just and I, I'm I'm like I, I'm like I hope nobody listens to it because I am don't like i'm learning how to get good at it so it's like if you're into someone like flip-flop it like like just floundering their way into some podcast that you'll enjoy daydream legend i mean you have to start somewhere my dude but it's just fun because you're just a very natural just hey you want to party let's party i had a guy from sweden message me comment on youtube he goes he goes you need a partner man this is very uncomfortable because you was very uncomfortable. And I, I, I responded back to him in a podcast. I'm like, I'm not gonna send you a private message. I'm gonna use this for material. So I was like, <laughs> I'm like, of course it's uncomfortable. I'm like, if you if you're uncomfortable, think how uncomfortable I am looking at this lens every week. I have to go what, talk to the mirror, yeah. But I was like, you know what? But I, I feel like anything I've ever done that made me uncomfortable was always led to something good. You get you know? the unpleasantries out of the way, so now you're ready to actually boogie well it means like i'm doing something i should be doing it's like i should be uncomfortable that's where good creativity comes from or it stinks like my thing is it'll be either entertaining for how bad i am or it'll be entertaining for how good i am like i feel like i'm gonna win either way oh perfect so now i know you can do a mystery science theater type show you can yeah be riffing people always ask me what uh this girl robin who calls in every show and you hear her crack beers, and she's wasted. Because I have a, uh, I, the last episode, if you listen to episode 10, she goes, yes, that was a beer you heard opening. Like, because I have a Google voice number for them to leave messages, and she's she's a gem. Because she's my main caller. She goes, what's, where'd you get that daydream legend? And uh, I I got the name because I was watching an interview with um, Post Malone. <laughs> right? And they asked him how like where'd your name post malone come from and he said he got it from an online rap name generator 
Ooh. Like you see them like on Facebook on stuff. Like what's your hip hop, like yeah, your rapper your name? And, name what's your and that's how he got Post Malone. So I was like, let me try that. So I went to the fantasy name generator and it was like show names, popped it in. Daydream legend came up. It was like a random. And my wife goes, oh, that's, that's you. You're just constantly daydreaming. So. Daydream. It fits. Did you do a lot of daydreaming actually growing up? Ah, I just dude, had to I ask. Mean, <laughs> ah, that's that's it's a family trait. Like if you ever saw me and like my family, we're all just like in the clouds. No mm. one's listening to anybody. We're just like here. Uh, my friend Gina one time she goes, "I'm going to do an impression of Joe Fernandez." She goes, "Uh huh, uh huh, uh huh." Wait, what? That's <laughs> that's their impression of me. <laughs> just at least you're just tapping out before you know what you're committed to. You're like, whoa, 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 wait. Yeah, yeah. Or my wife likes to snap at me. She goes, she goes like this, and she goes. When I first started dating her, she like I would make no noise, and she goes, "Can you make a noise that you're listening to me?" (laughs) So I would just be like, "Mm "Mm-hmm." So now she goes, "If I'm going, "Mm mm-hmm," she goes, "No, no, uh uh-huh, no, uh uh-huh. I need, I need you, I need, (laughs) I need you to to hear this." She was doing a James Lipton question for you. What noise do you find pleasant or unpleasant? <laughs> yeah. I can't help it. It's genetic. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> At least you're doing it literally just kind of chime in as opposed to, like, just to kind of get everyone off your back. And then they're like, okay, what did I just say? <laughs> yeah, it's like, I don't mean to, like, I hate when I get caught not listening. Like, when someone's like, and what do you think of that? Like, or what do you think I should do? And you're like, zone. fuck. You're like, <laughs> and you know, you have your go-to. You're like, what do you feel in your heart? You know, that's what I'm, I'm going <laughs> to try and get. What, like, like, what do you feel in your heart you should do? And then they give you something. You're like, I think that's what you should do. Like, I have no idea what you just told me for 10 Don't minutes. Use me as a panel. <laughs> yeah. Well, as a backtrack, uh, who were some of your mentors and inspirations growing up? In stand up, or I mean, anyone who even just did a TED talk who just said, Hey, you know, that's just sincere, it doesn't feel phony. I I love everything you just had to say, sir. <laughs> um, I'm trying to like, like, my father used to watch comedy at home a lot. Like, I remember me and my brother actually, the first comedy like tape I had was Eddie Murphy Comedian. There, there we was go. A, there was there was a tape called Eddie Murphy Comedian, and he used to have this. Because he used to always tell stories about being a kid, you know, the ice cream man story from like his special. But he had this one about where he used to rub a stick on a dead bird and like follow friends around, and be like, dead bird, gonna put it on you. And then you cry, no. And like, we just, it was just me and my brother still say that to this day. We're in our 40s, we're like, dead bird. Or we used to listen to <laughs> Cheech, and, Cheech and Chong's up in uh, Cheech and Chong's greatest hit album. Like, a good one. with all those sketches. Yes. Like, oh, but stand up, like, but like Eddie Murphy to me didn't like. I didn't know what stand up comedy was back then. He was like, this is, Eddie Murphy was like just the entertainer. Like, I didn't know it was like a stand up comedy. It gets scene. tricky when you have other people coming in and they're they're not necessarily even playing a comedian or a yeah, uh, like you say, uh, actor, but they're in a comedy situation. So you kind of knew him for, like you say, yeah, entertainer. <laughs> Yeah, because I didn't know, like, when you're young, you don't know. I mean, even, honestly, when I, even when I got into comedy, I didn't know there was, like, a minor leagues, like, where I'm at now. Like, a, like, a, 
whole like place where people are just you know learning the craft you just thought this is the funniest guy on the planet and that's <laughs> and that's how they got this like you don't see the rise up like one of my favorite comics even before i was a comic was richard jenny i don't know if you remember him he he was like a big 80s comic and 90s comic a few oh, hbo specials god just loved him he was such a good entertainer um, i this might be his worst movie but i actually remember him from the mask and, and alan smithy film burn hollywood burn <laughs> yeah he wasn't a great actor but his stand-up hbo specials were phenomenal <laughs> like the dude was just a like a powerhouse but he's just not remembered because you know he's i guess didn't have that fame of movies and stuff that people you needed people to see you in movies to think you were famous back then that is true now you can have a sweet tiktok about making pancakes and sell out a theater there you go as opposed to Hey, I got to be in every single movie because you know I have the same agent as Adam Sandler and Kevin Hart. <laughs> That's good for guys like me, though. If I can get famous making sandwiches, I'll take anything I can get to fill a comedy club. Oh, At least man. it's a you feel like it's attainable now. <laughs> oh man! So, <laughs> what is your favorite sandwich? Is it BLT? My favorite sandwich? Yeah, if you had to pick one. Oh. See, it's so tough because there's so many. But like, um, <laughs> okay, if I, I'm telling you, it's it's the most simple sandwich, but the one that really gives me the most pleasure, especially late at night, is a good peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> it's probably not on anyone's top list, but if we're talking, do I need some emotional healing right now through food, and all I can get is a sandwich? That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> Where do you? What is the best sandwich place? Shlosky's, there's Subway's, there's everything. But what? Which one did you find yourself going to? Just where? Where are you out of? I don't even know. I'm in Dallas, Texas, but I have a San Francisco background. For those who can't okay, see, okay, Dallas, Texas, San Francisco. My well, my favorite sandwich spot in Jersey is um. There's a place right up the street from my house called Ferrara's Italian Deli. Ferrara's. It's like an Italian like Let's shop see. in. They have this uh, plate, this uh, thing called. Let me see if I can get their menu up. Let's see if it's a franchise. Yeah. It's not. It's a. It's a, one lady. I mean, New Jersey, New York. You're probably going to find seventy five Ferraros. Ferraros imported food. But well, Ferraros <laughs> Italian food specialties in Parsippany. That's where I. Food specialties. Okay, and well, their sandwich. That's mine. That's my favorite. Let me just. It's my favorite, yet I don't can't even get the name for it. Yeah, yeah, like you say, this is only in New Jersey. <laughs> oh, it's called the Sloppy Italian. It's homemade meatballs smashed and topped with sharp provolone, fryer peppers, hotter sweet onions, and broccoli rob. Hot as all get out. <laughs> Bruh, I mean, that's not like a Texas dish. <laughs> no, unfortunately. Very Jersey. Hey. But it's good, so keep coming back for it. <laughs> You're in Dallas? Correct. I did a few. I did a few shows out in Texas over the. I, I did. A, I did a convention. Now they called me one time to do to perform at a convention. They go, I thought they said, "Do you want to go to? You want to come to San Antonio?" I'm like, "Hell yeah, I want to come to San Antonio." So I'm all excited. George Got the Red. contract. It was San Angelo. Did you perform you... along George Red Speaks? I think he brought you up as a cool guy. Who? Uh, George Red Speaks. 
I don't know who that is. Okay, I thought he brought you up as one of the many comedians he had seen live in San Antonio. Oh, maybe George Red speaks. Is he's a comic? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I probably know him. I probably met him, but like I said, I don't listen. No, it's fine. I'm I'm trying to find it. Have you ever been to San Angelo, Texas? There was nothing to do there. Unfortunately. Yeah, you don't. There, there was the place I performed and a gas station, and that's all there is there. It's like (laughs) there was nothing to do. It wasn't like a nice San Antonio city hey, like I was hoping for. I was like, that would like be what's great... there to do around here to like drugs? I'm like, well, I don't want to do that. <laughs> okay. uh, <laughs> the first comedian to perform at a gas station. That's a fun Yeah. Oh, no, I performed at the building next to the gas station. I'm a little bit bigger deal than that. No bigger problem. than the gas station. <laughs> I came back next year to the gas station. That's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so Eddie Murphy was a big inspiration. And uh, what are some other clubs that you find pretty essential for everyone to kind of try out at? Like at a big clubs? Club? Yeah. Stand up clubs. Well, I mean, it's weird. The big clubs, you have to like earn your way into them over like, like over the years. You know what I mean? So in, a natural invite. And especially in the New York area, it's so competitive. I mean, everyone wants to play like the comedy seller, but you have, you know, it's. You it's know. a lot to ask for. <laughs> it, it's such a weird, like you, you the, put it this way. I like any place that'll book me, and I always treat it like it's the best shit that night. You know what I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like that's because uh, you could be on top. Yeah, you could be in a club for a while, and then out in it's just a, it's a weird business, you know. So, <laughs> but all the good clubs that you hear about, those are all the best clubs to play. You know what I mean? It's like. uh you know, Gotham Comedy Club in New York. There's New not York a comedy bad club. One. <laughs> oh, there even when there's bad ones. Don't get me wrong. That that's easier to talk about than good ones. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the, but the bad ones are where you get your good stories at because it's like right. You got to perform at them. Like I, I showed up at a place one time. I said, "Where's the the microphone?" First, I'm like, "Where's the stage?" Like it's in the corner right there. There was no stage. It was just a corner. And then we're like, well, where's the microphone? And they handed me, it looked almost like a uh, an airplane pilot's headset. I was like, you think I'm like, what's happening here? <laughs> I'm like, I'm not putting that on. Like, there's no way I'm wearing that. So I held it in my hand at a headset. So, you know, the mic that's on a headset, I held that in my hand and did my show. I sounded like I was on a CB radio. <laughs> So now I have I, I travel with sound because I don't want to have that happen to me no more. Yeah, can't have any silence. <laughs> Nothing happening. Oh well, no. I mean, I've showed up at gigs where there's they have no sound, and then I have to do a, a show like acapella. You know, like wow. And then I lose my voice. Then at the end, I'm like, that was a great show because I had to scream for <laughs> the whole room. Oh man, are you a comic? I am not, unfortunately. I have dreamed of having some of my pals. Just, we just get up on an open mic night and just talk shit about each other for twenty minutes. Yeah. Do you do it, or do you, so you guys don't no, do that? Talk, I, I, I didn't. Uh, there's many who I know could probably kill, or just be. I, I did do some improv in college. But, yeah. And improv is hard. It is hard, but I credit it with now allowing me to make just prompt decisions. Now, like, okay, book a flight. This is the first one in out. 
no, no disputing. Let's just do it. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. More Shia LaBeouf than Shia LaBeouf. Let's just do it. <laughs> Let's just do it. Um, but no, that is a shame to just have a, a mic and it's not working. And so you're just like, so well, it's the easiest insane. thing to set up a stand up show. We need a, a stage. Mic. Give me any stage. Just put, make a wooden stage, a microphone. I don't even need a light. A light. I mean, you need a light, a mic, and a place for me to stand. Three things. You'd be shocked how many people get it wrong. It's <laughs> worse than the Saturday Night Live uh, soundstage, probably. <laughs> yeah. They're like, you don't have your own stuff? I'm like, for what you're paying me? No. Like, <laughs> One time, actually, that gig where I lost my voice, I'm, I, it's, it was in Pennsylvania somewhere. So it's me and... Me and this other guy. So I get a call from this booker. He goes, it's last minute. It's a Christmas show for this mechanics Christmas party. Like a bunch of mechanics. Glad I glad to know they go, last minute. <laughs> they said, it, it's an, it's only an opening spot, but it's a two-man show, but you'll be the opener. It's all I have. I'm like, whatever. I, I don't care. I need money. It's Christmas time. Drive out. <laughs> so I said, who's the headliner? And they named the guy. And I go, wow, now that guy just emceed for me a few weeks ago. I'm like, all right, he's headlining? Okay, cool. <laughs> so I get there. I'm like, hey, what's up, man? Look at you were opening for me a few weeks ago. Now I'm opening for you. He's like, what are you talking about? I thought I'm opening for you. I'm like, no, they told me I'm opening for you. And then he goes, and I go, okay, so they got us. They both they here. Told, they're, we're both here. And he, I was like, he was starting to have a panic attack. I'm like, listen, just I'll I'll close it. Let's just get through this, get our money. Get there, no sound. So he, I go, so we go into the room. They're very, very loud. Very, they've been drinking for a while, these mechanics. <laughs> so he goes what should i do he goes he goes what should i do because we're supposed to do an hour show i was like listen just go do just go get their attention do as much time as you can and then bring me up you know i don't care i'll i'll You'll so he goes he goes the in the room he goes in the room so i walk into another room to like like just start getting my confidence because i know i'm gonna go like i feel like i'm gonna go bomb so i'm like trying to prepare myself for this because the whole scenario just looks awful loud room of drunk mechanics no sound so i'm in there just looking at my notes my hand on my head just dreading my life <laughs> so i'm timing the kids so i was like you know try and do at least 15 minutes you know Something. at least 15 to, if you could push it to a half fine but minimum 15 minutes i need you to do <laughs> so i'm sitting there five minutes later i feel a tap on my shoulder and i'm in another room he goes how much more time do i have I go, you just, you got off the stage? Like, you're, what are you, like, you, he left the, it was going so bad. He left the showroom to come where I was to ask how much time he had. I said, bro, you got 10 minutes left, man. He goes, they won't listen to me. I'm like, you got to make them listen to you. So I had to go into the room, yell at them. I'm like, can you all shut up? And I brought this guy up on stage <laughs> and then me and him got through it. But this is the type of, See, it's a nightmare gig, but that's that's a good story. Nobody wants to hear a story about how your life is great and the show went perfect. Yeah. Like, who wants, like, hey, Joe, tell me about your best show. Be like, boo, that's boring. I went up, <laughs> I went up and did everything I wanted to do, and they enjoyed it. Nobody, nobody wants that story. Yeah, it, it's a weird contradiction we kind of have. Is like no one wants anything too easy or too hard. It's like they want that that sweet in between. Well, you want, I mean, that's what comedy is. Comedy is failure. It's like, nobody wants me to come on stage and tell them about the good, best parts of my life. 
Like, we didn't pay for this. We want to hear why you suck more than we do. Have you noticed kind of a trend where they're more likely to kind of respond to failure if there's just like a curse word in it or something? Like, you can't. I, I, I seem to notice like, like some videos are basically how I fucked up is more likely to get more likes versus, you know, how my life sucked. Yeah. Yeah. Because oh, people you... are magnetic towards cursing. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Or they just relate. You know, you're like, yeah. oh man, that's my life. I, I suck like that too. <laughs> I'm glad other people are sucking like I am. Uh, um, how would you describe kind of your routine every day? Like just getting up and go and planning from there. Um, pretty much have the same routine every day. My corgi comes up on bed and wakes me up. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I have stair, I have stairs, staircase for him to my bed, so he comes up, licks me in the face. Not as sneaky as he thinks he is. Yeah, and uh, I have uh, you know, coffee with my wife. She goes off, does her nursing. I take him on a long hike. Nice. And then, uh, you know, if it's Monday, I do the podcast. Try to do some writing. You know, you know, nowadays you got to get clips online, so it's like I'm editing clips and. Just trying to keep in the algorithm and, you know, you can't just I be a comedian today. You got to be a social media guru, too. It's like, yeah, I, 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 I feel you. It's it's annoying to have to basically you have to monitor yourself and then ask yourself, why do I love doing this? I hate doing this, but I love hating doing this. And I really honest to God, I love doing this, but this pain in the ass. Well, because you love doing the thing, but you don't like self-promotion is um. It's 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 embarrassing, almost. It's yeah. you know what I mean. It's nauseating, but you have to do it. Like I just, I somebody told me a term, and I do it now. I just do. He said, "Posting ghost, like just post and try not to even look at what's happening. Don't yeah. worry what people think. Just do it." Because I just, because I I get like, I don't know. It's it's it seems odd to like, like even when like my uh, web series was doing good in film festivals, like I had to tell people it was winning film festivals, getting accepted to get interest in it. But I hate feeling like I'm bragging about myself. Like can somebody else do this for me? Like <laughs> it is weird. It's like, you're not, it's kind of the same thing with the crowd funders. Everyone just feels that like they're begging. It's like, well, yeah, but it's a professional version of begging. It's like, if you want, if you like what you see, I've, taking contributions you know it's the same thing as a tip you know at a restaurant you know? yeah and i thought about doing crowdfunding so i was like here was my and it, obviously my thoughts turned out to be a total failure so like you're like <laughs> okay let's crowdfund to like get money for the project so i was like you know how about let me try let me ma- let me finance the project and then I'll ask for donate. I'm going to put it out for free and then there'll be a donations link. Mm. So you can pay after. I'm not asking you to fund it. Right. I'm gonna, like I already did it. I just want you to help me get my money back. If you want more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or not even want more. Like I didn't even like a lot of people. I've seen a lot of people fundraise and you don't even see the thing ever. <laughs> yeah. That you know, like too. I gave you the full product. I didn't get a lot of donations. I tell you, I mean, <laughs> but I got so many messages. Man, this was great, dude. That web series was so good. It looked great. It was funny, and I'm like, cool. But you don't want to be like, there's a donation button if you really like. Yeah, it. <laughs> but to keep the salesman and the comedian separate. But I know what you mean. It but is... I, I got listen. I do. I, I can't do things for the money. You just got to hope it comes because 
the thing is, is I just got to like, same thing with the podcast. It's like, I don't even look at the numbers any, I just want to do good stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause if you worry about that, you'll, I'll never, uh, speaker friend, I'll never do it. Exactly. You know what I mean? So it's like, and, and then what else am I doing with my time? <laughs> if I'm not doing that, I'll just watch another useless documentary on Netflix. <laughs> You're doing. You're entertaining yourself in between inter- trying to entertain other people, and like you say, yes, if you get caught up in all the numbers, you know, the algorithms aren't perfect. What is? Yeah, it's, that's why I can't hang around people that are like like I have friends that are like, yeah, what's the point? It's not getting. I'm like, I can't be around you. Like, exactly. I need to be around people that want to do shit. Like, I I can't be always worried about the reward. You know what I mean? Like when it comes to creativity, you just got to do shit. You know. Exactly. Like I was even telling my buddy that about comedy, because you know a comedy career is up and down. You your calendar's full, it's dead. But but you know until you get to a certain level of fame where you can sustain, everyone's is up and down. And then you get these down moments, and you're like, man, why do I do this? And then I remember <laughs> like recently, I was sitting on a stool at a show. I I'm headlining the show. There's ten people in the audience, and at first, I'm 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 backstage like this. Why do I do this? get on dude those 10 people were so much fun i'm sitting there having this fun night with them and i'm like you know what i love doing this even if i nothing goes crazy for my career i just got handed money to tell jokes to 10 people and we all had a decent time it's pretty good you know (laughs) i just try to keep that sort of like mindset you know, cre- creatively or else I won't do shit. I don't want to be just, I don't want to be a whiner. You know what I mean? Like you have like those people that are like, all they do is bitch. Like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> What's the point? Uh, I'm like, well, go be miserable at somebody else's house. Get out of mine. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't add to all the stress. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, what, what are some other fun recreation that, that you do? When not using some it as material. What? what are some other what fun recreation activities that you use? <laughs> uh other just jog in the park or <laughs> Yeah, see like I don't like um you know, I don't I don't know. I mean I I'm a beach guy with my wife in the summertime. Like I don't do anything too be to be creative, you know what I mean? I just kinda live life, you know. Like, uh, unfortunately, I got into cigars during the pandemic. So that's my, I hang out with other comics at like the cigar bar. We shoot the shit. And I I wasn't going to, they, I peer again in my life, succumb to peer pressure. Just like when I was a kid, I like, (laughs) because I had a problem with stuff when I was younger and got clean. And during the pandemic, I'm having comics over in the backyard. Like I would put like the fights on a screen in my backyard. We'd watch and they're all smoking cigars and they're like, dude, you want a cigar? I'm like, nah, dude, I quit smoking 15 years ago. I have a very <laughs> addictive personality. I don't want to get involved in that. They're like, nah, but these aren't addicting like uh, cigarettes. I'm like, yeah, but I know me mentally, you know, and then they're like, right. yeah, I just have one. I'm like, ah, right. I'll just have one. A week later, I'm having cigar magazines coming to the house. I got a humidor. I got cigars coming in the mail. And I'm like, see, I told you I can't be trusted. <laughs> so now I'm a cigar addict. But it's, you know, happens. It, <laughs> something, what are you going to do? So right? a lot of times that's like me and my friends, so like we, we hang out because my old podcast all in our heads, we, me and my buddies to call it a phone call we were going to have anyway, but this <laughs> one we're recording. 
like it was never anything pre-planned it was just like hey how'd your shows go this weekend and like whatever funny story so now that that's what we do with the cigar bar we call them unrecorded podcasts we're just sitting there <laughs> ripping, <laughs> ripping on each other totally well it's nice to find it's nice to do something that's not content i'm like can i like like when you're sitting there you're like can we do something without the cameras rolling like because i feel like nowadays everything's got like oh we should tiktok this oh we should instagram this we need content it's like let's put our phones down yeah just put it down and like <laughs> and chill that's uh, one thing i do i try to not look at my phone as much anymore because i feel like that's just sucking my brain away from me right you don't realize how addicted i mean i'll speak for myself i didn't realize how addicted to my phone i was until i started giving myself rules about using it and then you feel the pull you really do it's like oh yeah because i was like you know what my my rule now is i don't want to start my day in my phone like i was like i my rule is only go into the phone after your first cup of coffee (laughs) because <laughs> it's like you know why don't you wake up and talk with your wife play with your dog have like a normal instead of like what's my numbers where do yes. i have to be <laughs> but then you feel the pull you're like you're like a like a crack addict you're like you know it's in the other room you're like i wonder if there's any notifications <laughs> you know chewing your nails oh. it can get pretty exhausting <laughs> so. i don't know are you like that at all <laughs> i'm to a point i kind of am but I mean, yeah. I, I did drive people crazy like when I have a phone out because I'm taking notes about the movie or show that we're watching. And so they're like, oh, are you digging around on Instagram? I'm like, no, I'm, but I'm not going to rewatch this five more times too. I don't have that time. So, <laughs> so is your podcast about like movies and stuff like that? Or? We, we do. We even do music bands. And it's just like you say, some people get it, others don't. And I'm just like, okay, I'm with you, but I am making this note of this awesome dialogue speech so I can review it, you know? Oh yeah, I'm the same way. Like, because if an idea comes for a, a bit, it's like that's too. I, yeah. I got, I got. I, if I don't write it down now, it's gone. Like, I gotta make forever. a counter response to that. <laughs> I like trying to do the voice to text. I do voice that, like, I'll be like Siri, make a note, and it's so funny to see her, her rendition of my marble mouth Jersey accent. <laughs> like when I go back and read it, I'm like, what is this that I said? <laughs> and that's becomes material in and of itself <laughs> oh yeah it's like she what the hell siri I, well the best is when i say and she's like didn't get that it's like all right well, we're gonna try this later. <laughs> uh what uh editing and other software do you recommend for people trying to do podcasts or writing down material they're later going to perform like script writing or just well, script notes yeah well, my what I I always have. I mean, I have a lot of notes on my phone. That's like notes on phone is Letter like where I have a lot of my notes. But I also keep a notepad with me because I still like to write things down. Like and I that's like why to, I dedicate it to memory. Yeah. The yeah, the physical act of writing, and it's like uh, I don't know. Like the phone can get overwhelming. You have like a hundred, a one million notes. You know <laughs> you what I mean? Or like a, a book. You're like <laughs> you just don't go that crazy with uh, script writing. I use uh, Final Draft. Okay, cool. Um, a, a podcasting, I you know, I edit all my stuff in Final Cut Pro, record it to GarageBand, put it to the video Final Cut Pro. I mean, that's where I, I edited my whole web series on Final Cut Pro, and, uh, <laughs> and then I did all the color correcting on DaVinci Resolve. So yeah, I, I'm really good at a lot of things. That's what makes my um, 
like create like when I want to make a web series, it's cheaper because I can like when I whenever I make like a new film or a series, I'm like I'm teaching myself color correction with this. You're open to it all, and the you know like what I mean. So creation. yeah, so I'm like instead of paying someone, let me <laughs> make this. This is gonna be my school. You control your image. You know how much money that saves you? Holy totally. You don't crazy have to, money. You don't have to complain to the photographer. Yeah. You photographed me at an awkward angle. What the hell, man? <laughs> Directing and starring in your own web series is mentally exhausting, though. I gotta tell you, the, the next thing I make, I'm in the, I'll act in it, but I want to have like a very small role. Like I want to. <laughs> right. It is like you're just like, I was toasted. You'll it's be a the lot. Hitchcock of your thing where. You're doing a cameo. Yeah. <laughs> right, little cameos. Yeah, yeah. Just... <laughs> or if I want to be the star of something I wrote, I'm just gonna have to hire a friend to direct it. You have to direct it. Because I can't <laughs> I can't have both. I, it's it... I couldn't imagine doing a feature. I did a seven it was a seven episode web series. They were like seven minutes each. I could imagine. I could see stuff. you doing a cool cartoon voiceover on Adult Swim. Yeah, I would do that. I would do car- actually I did a cartoon voice for a uh, corporate video. Oh. Few, I was a water willy. <laughs> I was a water drop, and uh, they actually won an award, and they let me go up at this. It was like a small TV awards, and I went up to get it, and I go, "I am water willy." <laughs> kind of pretty big pop from the crowd because they didn't know who water willy was. <laughs> it was a video about like like uh, it's nothing anybody wants to watch. It was like you know like a like a political video they made about like water runoff or something and how yeah. like, and, I, and i just did this cartoon voice work there only yeah and yeah it was it was kind of it's so silly when you're trying to do a cartoon voice especially if when someone's watching you record it you're like wow we have water and i'm like i see somebody and i'm like don't look at me you can't look at me i have to feel right. like i'm in my own world right now can you be just listening to the audio or the animation that is going to link up with instead of me <laughs> yeah or when you every time you hear it you know that's you oh it's so embarrassing you're just like you shut this off so chances are you might find five other people down the road you're like i i saw that corporate video they still show it <laughs> yeah yeah well yeah i'm I'm not physically water willy that'd be real weird if i was the actual raindrop like in a suit Coming like outside soon. of a big raindrop suit outside of like a car dealership <laughs> joe's career has really tanked he's hey there's a lead in maybe you could do car commercials you're just the narrator do you guys have awful car commercials down there like the local yes. car commercials like like the like the i guess it's the owner of the place like i'm bob Yes. And I'm here for Bob's Cars. It's like, hey, Bob, how long did it take you to come up with your name for Bob's Cars place? Like, you could be more creative. Yeah, well, even worse, they have no screen presence. No. And they're doing the whole thing. Uh, there was one that they used to do with two giant, like, cowboys, and they were, like, lassoing each other. And one of them had, like, a car suit on or some shit like that. And it's just like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> got my attention for all the wrong reasons what the fuck are you doing and i'm sure i i just want to know what that editor was thinking that night Ooh, i got nothing to work with here and i'm the editor yeah it must be fun though editing like this awful acting of car commercials it just oh they're youtubeable there's no doubt (laughs) yeah uh so uh are you a big movie guy oh yeah i love movies yeah so i mean that was originally what i was doing before i got into comedy I was making short films, going to film festivals. 
the exhausting you know. process of that all is like here's what was going through my mind when i made this hope you say what it. and then the creative process of this is what was going through my mind what inspired me to make this yeah yeah <laughs> you gotta yeah. do that q a's panel sit down um so i'm sure many know about tommy was so in the room but have you heard of neil breen neil breen <laughs> no so basically he wanted to be the next tommy was so not even playing really of the room like he was making all these what is so basically yeah he's from he's from the east coast so that's vague but he basically just made all these various movies and like (laughs) it's like he knows they're bad but he can't wave it because he's become so famous off the infamy and oh wait, so, is that that was that? Did they make a movie about him? No, that that, that was Tommy Wiseau. So. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah okay, yeah, yeah. But oh, he's, he's trying similar. to be that guy. Yeah, yeah, is yes. like, well, so what are you trying to be? And <laughs> basically, uh, he was doing everything though. So I can only imagine if there's like maybe one gaffer or one assistant editor. They're just like, so dude, basically, I gotta just do everything you want me to do because. <laughs> Yeah. You're in love with yourself. <laughs> uh, how do you think everyone has to filter out the ego in with the, you know, doing the best? You know, how do you, what do you filter, mean? How do you filter it all out? And, and that you think other people should try and do to avoid creating a bad project versus creating the best versus finding room for improvement. Does that make sense? Like, not really so you're saying like how, how do you how filter to... out the quality control for my own to... projects yeah or just anything else you've been a part of and like you think others could use oh so how to well as far as quality control like when it comes like you know i my um i do a lot of comedy comedy is like my brand you know i even know like in my writers group that i do every monday on zoom i do write some dramas and stuff but like mostly what i put out is comedy it's like it has to at least be funny to me. Like it, if it's funny to me, it's got a shot of being funny to someone else. But it's like I can't like if I don't find it funny, I can't be involved. No, that's you know right. I mean? nice. Many you know filmmakers have done the same kind of deal where it's like I make the movie that I would want to see. And sometimes that's hard because it might not be accepted by the mainstream. <laughs> well, yeah, because, you know, it. it it's something a guy taught me years ago when I was on stage. I remember bombing really bad. Um, <laughs> it I, I was emceeing a show and I just really bombed awful and I was trying everything. And I remember coming off stage and I'm talking to the headliner. I'm like, man, I couldn't figure out what they wanted. And he goes, he goes, who gives a shit what they want? Give them what you want. You'll never know what they want. This is, you never know what. Each audience is different. You don't, you'll never know. So do what you want. And the next show, we had two shows that night. The next show, I did so much better because I wasn't like hoping for approval or trying to figure out what people think are funny or interesting. This is what I think is interesting. And if I sell it to you the way I, if I have passion about something, whether it's a film idea or a stand up bit, if I sell it to you with the same passion I feel, I, there's a better shot of success you know success in film is weird because the good thing about stand-up is i get i know in the moment whether it's good or not 
a movie you have to make and get or a series get all the way through and you know you don't sometimes you don't even know (laughs) yeah that's why film festivals could be nauseating you're sitting there especially if you're doing a comedy like if this room doesn't laugh i'm gonna kill myself this is like yeah like it's it's brutal like a drama people can watch and they'll all clap at the end oh that's good (laughs) and you'll never know like i have friends um, as far as quality control i sent i have a few first off my wife i she's got i first i give it to her i go and she knows i need brutal honesty yeah and i tell it to my friends i'm like i don't you don't even think about not hurting my feelings you know what i mean i like i need you to be brutally honest with anything you think is wrong with this like when i like like when i give them an edit because <laughs> i you know we need that because you ever like get so close like you know you work and do films like you get so close to a project you're in it from the writing to the directing to the editing you're like i don't even know if this is good anymore it's really hard to tell after a while and especially i i just now got feedback on a short film i made back in college yeah that entire class the entire professor even when they gave me like b or c i can't remember mm-hmm. why did it fucking take all that long was i with the wrong crowd was i asking the wrong questions i'll never know all i can say is i'm glad you finally told me because now i'm finally fucking hearing what i needed to hear yeah yeah the <laughs> feedback is important it's fun. it's important to have people you trust i you know i give it i you know i have a few friends that are filmmakers friends that are comedian, you know, people that are creative. People who you can even trust is like, hey, you know, whatever you're going to make, I know you made it with some passion. <laughs> yeah, cause, well, especially when you, like, this was, like, when I act in my own thing, I can't look at myself and know if I'm a good actor. Yeah. Because it's, it's me I'm watching. Like, <laughs> yeah. I always, to me, I always look like I'm acting. Because, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so even then, I'll give it, I'll sometimes, like, out of nowhere, like say, like I have like a cut of like one of my episodes. I'd be at a comedy club with this comic I just met. I'd be like, I'm gonna show you this. Give me your honest opinion. <laughs> so he has no, and then he'll be like, either you know, I'm be like, be honest. If I stink, <laughs> tell me I stink. I need, I need. <laughs> it's worth a shot. <laughs> it's worth a shot. You got, you never. But you, I don't know. Sometimes you know. But you ever? But like, what's that old saying? A project's never finished. It's always abandoned. Like you go. <laughs> Like you can tinker forever, it'll it's it just you have to just let go of it because like I made a short film that won a few film festivals in two thousand four. I go watch it now and I'm like, yeah, it's good, but I'm like, oh my god, it could be so much shorter. I could have been I could have trimmed this out. <laughs> too, like if you if I left to my own devices, I would trim a movie down till it's zero minutes because I just just keep pulling things. <laughs> That's why you need deadlines. You need deadlines. Yep. I want to see something. Do you still make short films now? Uh, I work on a few other documentary shorts and help out other pals. I'll send you one of mine and you can <laughs> feel free to praise it or roast it. <laughs> no, I love I, I love seeing other shit, you know. <laughs> I have an I, I have one that I'm gonna hopefully start working on soon. I'm trying to finish casting it. It's it's more like a it's like very it's like six pages. It takes place like in one location in an interrogation room. Oh, nice. <laughs> and um i won't i won't tell you on the podcast what it's about but uh off podcast okay. off recording i'll tell you that's fine <laughs> uh, that's always the fun thing too we're just like yeah, it's like you're having to pitch the idea and you're just seeing how people react 
It's like, okay, I got this just from them. That's good. Okay. They're not giving me any feedback. So they either are the wrong crowd for this. Cause like you say, you do have to filter is like, well, I asked the wrong person who I know damn well doesn't like this genre or type of movie, or maybe they're just <laughs> tough to please. Yeah, well, you you always got to take criticism, you know, you can't take it as the be all end all too, you know, you can tell when someone, you know, it can be reworked, it can be stated a different way. Now we're getting it, or maybe it's got to try a different crowd, or maybe it's the template. Yeah, well, I I haven't been there, been uh, going to them in probably like a month or two, because I've been so busy with stand up. But my one of my acting teachers invited me into a Zoom writing group during a mm-hmm. uh, COVID, and it's writers from all over the country, and they meet on Zoom every Monday, and that, that was always great for me because everyone's such a different writer. Everyone's it's very inspiring. It's very inspiring, and their feedback is good because they're different styles, so they look at my stuff different. You know, like if I'm writing something funny, like if I give it to just comedians, it may not get the same feedback as this guy that's always, you know writing other things you know (laughs) they're used to just adapting it but you're getting that perspective versus only talking to just the creators or just the performers (laughs) what do you do for your quality control what is i you know i actually had many tests uh, a bunch of different things out and we were just suggesting apps to each other and i found so many apps that just saved me time and effort it was like okay this is the final uh, sound correction, which is good. Uh, constant Maps. collaboration. Uh, Le- Levelator, totally recommend. Like someone can be like at ten percent sound volume, and you can be at a hundred, and it equates it all out. Saves you so much time instead of having to sample with all the different tracks differently. Uh, okay, nice. And sometimes you just need that extra pitch. You sampled it down, and yet. You know, God help them. That person is still just sounding a little like they're mumbling, even though you were in the recording studio and you know damn well that's not the case. <laughs> yeah. For whatever the feedback, whatever levels they're on, whatever they're even just speaking into that mic. Testing. Yeah. You don't know until you know. <laughs> now I probably heard just half these listeners' uh, eardrums. Just tap, tap. tap. <laughs> They could use the level later right now. They could use the level later. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, thousand percent recommend. Um, and we're getting into audio dramas, and totally recommend that. There, there's Dramafy. I I notice is accepting anyone's uh audios, uh, free to submit, just as long as it's PG level. <laughs> PG level audio dramas. Oh, really? Yeah. So I never even heard drama or hells, but that's Dramafy. It. Yeah, Dramafy. I'm going to look that up. Now, I write record. a couple, like, actually, the the uh, writing group that I um, am part of, they have a uh, podcast called uh, Curtains on Fire, <laughs> and it's 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 audio <laughs> plays, basically, like the old school radio days. Curtains so, like, on every, fire. every, 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 uh, I guess they probably only have, like, four episodes out, you know? Mm-hmm. But, like, it's, like, usually, like, three, like, one act plays, like, radio, you know, it's got a got to be written well enough to do audio wise you know <laughs> yes. you know sound effects and, and and things like that but um and it's all you know you know they're decent but that uh, dramafy i gotta look that up because i you know i have some things i wrote that could possibly work on a level like that it really is amazing how 
so much of it is pretty attuned in that basically you get this extra rain like you say and but yeah uh, almost all of them are going back to the old school approach that there's enough people who have heard the stories over the years of how effective a voice can be uh, how you know orson welles scared the world years ago (laughs) yeah that's amazing to me that people well, I, I heard back then that like people committed suicide, but I never researched it. Like, they, like they thought the aliens were coming, they actually like, killed themselves. I, There's no telling. Someone I, definitely I, jumped off a building thinking it was the end of the world. <laughs> could you imagine though? Because like you know, we we grew up like with technology, like more technology, and we've been going along with it. So nothing's re- like we're always on the cutting edge of it. You seem like a person like me. Like you're always staying with it. Could you imagine a technology comes out that's so whack that like. Like so incomprehensible to us that we like throw ourselves off a building and think <laughs> like the world's ending. Nothing like, we can do. Like, and... Oh my god, this is real. That's probably the metaverse. That's probably what's gonna mess us up. The metaverse. When it's, when it's like some like uh like when we don't have to wear goggles, when it's something out of our control, like where anything can be seen anywhere. <laughs> you know, they're gonna be like, There's aliens, I just gotta go. Just... There's no telling. I mean, with all the various people who believe in ghosts let alone like uh like don't pay attention to anything except like their favorite a24 movies or uh freaking marvel cinematic universe and given the how toxic fandom can sometimes be like there there really is no telling how we would react nowadays if there was some similar debacle (laughs) yeah toxic Uh, fandom i like that i'm tired of people and their negativity yeah, half the people would be going fake news, and then they're the other half saying they're yeah. actually real. My fears are confirmed. I knew I wasn't the only crazy seven year old growing up. <laughs> yeah. I would love to see fake news people eaten by like aliens coming from the sky. This isn't real. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. There's a concept. There's an idea. Let's. There's... You should now go make that movie as should... like a realistic no, like alien I said, reaction. Movie. I don't do any politics. No, no, I just mean like a realistic alien reaction movie. Oh, realistic alien reaction movie. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) There's the Stan or the Karen in the background. Yeah. (laughs) I told you, I told you. (laughs) Isn't that movie, didn't they make that movie, uh, what was it, Don't Look Up? Wasn't that kind of like that where like nobody It was kind of like that. There was nope, I think, kind of Jordan Pill kind of hit on some of the same stuff. Yeah, it's like like half people don't believe it, half do. I mean, so how to phrase this? It does seem like now everyone's kind of been comfortable, kind of just being comfortable with themselves and how different they are. Uh, how did you become comfortable with yourself? I think after a while, like in general, yeah. I feel like it's constantly. Um, I I feel like a. What if I whenever I feel comfortable, I feel like there's just I've got to keep leveling up. Like, I, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, I never got it. I never like. It's I don't think it's attainable, like total comfort. You know what I mean. Like, whenever I deal with certain level of psychosis or anxieties, I find new ones. You know what I mean. Like, I just I I I've been starting using the waking up app. That's been helping me. The the meditation. Oh, wow um i paid for it for a year uh meditation it's it's still awkward to me but um it is i i think you know with age you know comes wisdom and like n- not really 
you know, like give myself a break. But like what this app has been helping me with is something I use on stage a lot is be in, be in the moment. Be in the moment. Like be like, I'm always like, what was it? Um, Depression is about the past. Anxiety is about the future. So it's like, I need to be where I'm at now, you know, and, and, uh, (laughs) which is very hard to practice. You know what I mean? It's not like I, you know, but until you know it, like I, 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 when I was younger, I used to be like, Oh man, like I used to feel like there was going to be a day where I was going to feel great all the time. You know what I mean? Where I was going to understand things. And, um, I tried drugs for that for years. That don't work. That's the only way to feel good all the time, but it doesn't sustain (laughs) it. Um, but like now I, it's like moments you're like, all right. I think that just comes with age and wisdom where you're like, Oh, it's not gonna, it's, there's no (laughs) destination, buddy. You got right now. And like, (laughs) I mean, I don't know if that's too, uh, no, it's good. Too, too obtuse deep. of a response for that, but like, it's you know, be in the moment. That's like the best thing I always think for my personal well-being. I mean, it's kind of what we're lacking now. Is there's so many who just they don't know how to kind of just react to themselves. They kind of just go off the energy in the room, and if there's no energy, it just gets even more chaotic. That so, just cool yeah. to know that there's many who just and you've taken it up your own approach i mean i have free things that i do i can what tell you, you off air that i do it oh, okay you tell you off air yeah but yes it is just funny how it's like we're having to re-educate ourselves and then for lack of better terminology just like figure out our own formula like you well, figured out they, your own formula but it didn't come at you know right away that's the tools they should be giving kids in school they didn't give us tools on how to deal no. with that you know what I needed in school? I didn't. I didn't need have. To, I didn't need to learn how to make brownies in cooking class. I didn't need to pottery. I needed, um, uh, you know, like how to deal with my emotions and how to handle <laughs> money. Like that's like, like, money. Give no, me yes. investment advice. Like, like we just send kids out into the world. Like, it's all gonna work out for you. You can achieve your dreams. <laughs> then you get out in the world. People are like, "Fuck you!" You're like, "Oh shit!" Now I'm insecure. <laughs> <laughs> boss is an asshole but i didn't know oh there's dishonesty in the workplace the new guy gets picked up oh well i didn't know that either. <laughs> Until yeah i think we're fortunate nowadays like anxiety and talking about shit like that's more widely accepted i don't know how old you are i'm 47 so back yeah in, i'm in my 30s but yeah but it, it, yeah, back in the 90s when i was in high school and stuff like you, you tell someone you feel anxious they're like what yeah it's like we were zombies we were just kind of callous a bit everyone was either a drama queen a diva for just mentioning the fact that they felt like they had a problem that needed to be addressed or it was just go away you know yeah and i'll laugh at you down the hallway (laughs) yeah but that app i recommend that to people if you're trying something the waking up app waking up it's like Sam Harris, I think. And what's good, it's got like all these different podcasts on the app too, as well as the guided meditations. Like, Oh, my father definitely uses a lot of those. And it, I think it's good to have some kind of meditation, just peaceful music. Uh, I see so many who, I don't know, it's like they if they don't have a movie or music playing in the background, their whole world is chaotic. And they like to do the whole just kind of like, 
maybe it's time to just kind of get up and do something different. And I don't know, you, you pick your own formula. Like, yeah, that's I, the key too. Sometimes I was like, just go do something, anything instead of sitting here thinking. No, that's funny about these podcasts though. It's like, there's all like these high, edu- highly educated philosophers and stuff. And halftime, I'm like, I'm too dumb to even know what you're talking about, but I get it. Like <laughs> in the moment, yeah. like they're, like I could never regurgitate it to people, but I'm like, I'm feeling you. Then they start because they're such thinkers that they like almost whip my brain into a frenzy sometimes. They're like, <laughs> like I was listening to this one recently. There are guys like uh talking about regret in life, you know, like when you oh, have like God. regret about the past. And he goes, you know, when you think about it now, if you wanted to change your mind now, you're a better person now than you were then. Exactly. But then I start listening to things like this. I'm like, I don't even know where I'm at anymore, dude. Like, I am I in the past? Am I in the future? I got to shut this app off. <laughs> like, What's the point of even having regret when you needed a regret eventually along the way? <laughs> we're all going to have them. There's no way to avoid it. Uh, I would even force the white lie. Live life with no regrets. I have no regrets, even though I know damn well I would shoot, change a few things. And then at the same time, it was going to bite you in the ass along the way anyway. So. Well, the thing I learned in therapy that I hold on to is I do have regrets, but at the time, like those things idea. were the right choices for me at the time. We'll return after these messages. Do you ever find yourself thinking about who would win in a fight between Goku and Superman? Hi, I'm James Gavsey, and on the Who Would Win show, me and my co-host Ray ignore anything important happening in the outside world and debate fictional battles between characters from comics, movies, and video games. We got a new show every week, and almost always am I the winner. Yeah, <laughs> not true, Ray. In the past, we've discussed such matches as Captain America versus Darth Vader, Solid Snake versus the Iron Giant, classic matchups like RoboCop versus Terminator, and even the Muppets versus Sesame Street. That one was crazy. So if you're a fan of geek culture and love a spirited debate, check out the Who Would Win Show wherever you get your podcasts or check us out at whowouldwinshow.com. We let things pile up in the DVR. We add them to our queues. We wait for the DVDs and Blu-rays. We time shift. The Time Shifters podcast. Sci-fi, horror, fantasy, superheroes, comedy, action, film, television, maybe some not-so-current events. Find us on iTunes or at timeshifterspodcast.com. Cool thing about Blind Knowledge is we are in multiple countries. We are worldwide all across the globe. We are in the U.S. We are in the U.K. We are in Canada, Germany, India, Japan. We're in Australia, y'all. Blindknowledge.com. Now back to the feature presentation. Dragon Ball Z, One Piece, Naruto, all things that we love, all manga that were originally published in the legendary magazine Weekly Shonen Jump. But not every series can run for 300 chapters and have a hit anime. This is David. This is Jordan. We're the hosts of Shonen Flop. Each episode, we look at manga that ran and jumped that didn't quite make it. We discuss what it did wrong, what it did right, how the series could have turned itself around, and ultimately, was it a flop or not? Run all your favorite podcast apps, and you can find us at shonenflop.com. Keep on flopping, floppers. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> what else would you have done different? Yeah, is, that's another thing they like to ask. I'm like, well, I really don't know, because I need to jump off that cliff in order to get back up. You know? Well, because when we fantasize about the other choice we could have made, 
it all works out. Yeah. Our fantasies are full of positive and we are the champion and it is like working out. It could have been more of a nightmare. Totally could have been. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, So any other projects that you have coming up that you'd also like to promote? Um, I, no, I mean, I just have, I, like I said, I'm working on that one script now, trying to cast it. Um, it's, it's a fun, I think, I think it'll be funny. You know, time will tell. It'll be fun. Uh, It'll be funny. (laughs) Um, but no, I'm still kind of just pushing the podcast, um, daydream legend. And I tell people, I'm actually trying to build that YouTube channel up. I have a lot of stand up there. I have my web series. There's some old sketches I made, um, even that short that I told you, I won a bunch of stuff with in 2004. It's called, it's actually a fake infomercial oh, for a product. For, it was like a fake product <laughs> I made called something. It's good for anything and works on everything. That's awesome. And that's like the tagline. <laughs> um, and yeah, I'm, what I, like I put out Impossible Human during the pandemic because I had these recordings from the comedy club and I put together an album. So I've been trying to build a new act, which is tough to do from scratch. And uh, and uh, so if you if you're in this area, tri-state area, come out to a show and watch me try and figure out this new act. That's what I, you know. That's good. That's my stand up's really what I'm focusing on now. Um, and the podcast. I'm hoping the podcast people are digging. Uh, any recommendations like current comedy shows you're watching or other podcasts that you've listened to that are gonna just really just bring one out of their shell just make their day i'm trying to think you know it's weird like i'm also a big sports guy and i had got i most of the podcasts i listen to are like like about like ufc fighting and stuff so i don't you you know what i mean like i just because fighters to me i i really get a lot of inspiration from fighters like these people that really put their i mean when you watch ufc fighting these people are actually putting their life on the line like it could be some serious damage it can and, literally die in the ring. And these are like trained killers and the humility they have and the like the the ability to like hug and shake hands after beating the crap out of each other for 15 minutes. Like at this high level, there's just something about them that like gives me like inspiration where it's like like cuz you're watching someone that has to dig deep in their psyche to ha- to to perform this. Like even if like even when you're trained to that level, that other person across is trained just as much as you. So like the mental game. So I'm just, I'm always, I love interviews with these guys. Cause I feel like it inspires like confidence in me. You know what I mean? There's one like, really good one, the beauty and the beast. And I forget the name of the MMA fighter. He does it with adult film star Kendra lust. And it's, they pretty much just let it all out. They just say stuff that doesn't sound generic or everyday. And it's like half the time they're not even talking about their profession. They're talking about just, where they go to vacation and it's like see this is what people want to do they do want a connection with someone they otherwise feel like they couldn't connect with i think the improbable sure. connection yeah for I'm sure to screenwriting the improbable connection how do i yeah. make uh one of the new shows that i watched that i actually liked i'm glad they renewed it did you watch the bear uh yes that that's probably one of the most realist comedies on right now uh i love uh, it Abbott Elementary, I can totally understand the Emmy win. Uh, my introduction to it was seeing Jimmy Kimmel pretending to play dead while introducing their them winning at the Emmy. Yeah. So I, was like, I haven't seen that one yet. 
I've been watching the House guy. of Dragon with my wife. Oh, you're in Fantasyville. Nice. And uh, and The Patient. We're watching the finale tonight. Steve Carell. Oh, man, you're ready. And the, did you watch The Patient? I need to see it. I want to see it because oh, okay. I, mean, I, I like those psychological kind of. Uh, yeah, games. it annoyed me at first, but it, it's kind of won me over because it did this storytelling technique that annoyed the shit out of me for a while. Where it's like, we're going to do a very talky show and then give you a cliffhanger at the end. And they did it like so many times in a row. I'm like, F you. You can't talk me to death and then give me something interesting the last 30 seconds yeah. every week. I need it you to give me you just start off with some excitement and then bore me like a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> like I get I, like, I, like when it starts to feel like a like a like a like a trend I, I start getting annoyed. I'm like no. Yeah it is <laughs> wild how formulas that don't work do work in a thing so then you're like damn the exception to the rule I hate being wrong. <laughs> Yeah, but then they, then they, I feel like right at the moment I was complaining about that, they switched it almost like they knew. Like, like I'm going to annoy people for a few weeks with this, then we're going to. I don't yeah. want you guys to hate watch me anymore. Now I legit want yeah. to entertain. It's playing the Emperor game in the Gladiator arena. <laughs> Do you watch, you watch the Game of Thrones, the, the uh, House of the Dragon? I did have that on. I, I'll just say this. The best show this year is the new Lord of the Rings show. Hot take. Oh yeah, I never, I didn't watch Lord of the Rings. And see, the funny thing with Lord of the Rings is, I saw some people recommending it to people who otherwise didn't care for the books or the movies. I'm like, why would you do that? Why would you recommend something they probably aren't gonna like? Yeah, to that person. So it is hard to recommend stuff to people because it's like, if you have all these various interests, uh, pe people are gonna be picky anyway. So it doesn't really matter, you know? Right. Yeah. Some yeah. people want to only tune into minds, and that's good enough for them. I I love it all. I. I will. I'm still watching all these Law and Order characters beat the shit out of each other every week, as well as, like you say, see all these various sitcoms, see all these other edgy shows that are on streaming only. That you're just like, how did this get made? This is too good to exist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, and I don't know. I mean, there's still people who have cut the cord, or vice versa. They don't have streaming, so it's it's tough to recommend it because they pretty much will only have what they have for like a month and then move on to the next best thing i missed i missed that's what i don't like about streaming i missed the past where like we were all kind of watching the same thing you had to set the vcr <laughs> and then but the there was DVR. like a there was a there like there's no more what, what was the term like water cooler talk there's no like yeah. uh community like it really isn't like i remember like monday hanging with my friends talking about the sopranos like it was or like i remember being somewhere like yo i gotta get home like I don't even want to tape this. Like I want to be home. I, I want to watch to it in, in the, the moment. moment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, we're missing. Like I swear, people recommend shows to me. I, I, I didn't even know that existed. Yeah, like, there's a podcast that talks about the making of, and half almost all the time, I'll find about it after the fact because I don't see the ad, so I don't know that there was a discussion with that person who created this show that you're watching. And yes, uh, Twitter has evolved in some ways. There's still a bit of toxic fandom, but. A lot of writers were liking how they got the instant fan reaction and then they'd get the hot takes. Wow, you guys are doing a really terrible job. You better write out this character. And then it's interesting now how half the times they'll, you know, like your tweet, but you don't know if they're doing, you know, that's a bot or account or they agree with it or they're just doing it to be polite, but they really don't want to actually interact with fans. You, you don't know. You have all these different barriers, like you say, and 
it, it goes away from yes when it used to be you set the vcr you have cable and you want to actually interact in the workplace with people over a similar like yeah i mean it's yeah it's, that that's missing but it's we're never going back you know what i mean it's just it is what it is the beast is out and there's just sometimes you ever like waste an hour just looking for something and you're like i'm exhausted i can't even watch a movie now like there's so much shit to sift through now <laughs> like it's so much it's you're just like ah, none of this you can't even trust reviews no more it's now they pay people it's like mm-hmm. you know and then even with the user ratings being dismal you don't know how much of it is just fandom you can fandom. people can people can be fans of this person and say this was a great movie and that stinks too like it you can't yeah. trust anything like you just got to go. You know what? Well, back in the day, I worked in a video store in the 90s, and I loved it, man. We were like an independent video store. There and you go. It was owned by a rich guy, and he didn't care about it. We used to order all types of offbeat stuff out of the catalog. And I just – those – going to the video store with my buddies or my girlfriend or like my dad when I was a kid, just picking out a movie based on the box – you know what I mean? Based on just the, the cover, you're like, I'm going to check this out. And either you were burned or you won't. But you would sometimes find like gems. <laughs> you you know, you're just like. You never knew if it played in a theater or at a festival or was a mainstream movie. Because just like you say, the covers all kind of looked similar. And yeah, unless it was shot on a video tape where you can just tell, you know, early Adobe before it was becoming a big thing. <laughs> there was something great about that time. Like I was talking to my stepson yesterday about when I used to go buy albums at the record store by my house when I was a kid. Bingo. I used to base it on the the artwork or what the, the group photo looked like. Yo, these guys look awesome. <laughs> like, cause I was into punk rock back then. And like I was telling, it was like a band called Murphy's Law and I bought their album cause I heard it was green and see-through. I was like, <laughs> I gotta get this. And it was a green see-through. And it, I wound up loving it. It was like punk rock. But you're like, I never heard a chord of theirs. Never heard a lyric. But you're like, I'm spending all my lunch money that I I, I gave myself anorexia for a week at school to get this album. <laughs> no, It was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, are they still your favorite punk band? Nah, I mean, I've, I mean, I actually, because I was talking about it, I've been listening to them on my Apple Music today because we were talking about it yesterday and um i i played a song for him one of my because i i was a skateboarder back then i remember my favorite song on the album was a song called sit home and rot and so we started playing it yesterday and it was funny because the video game they they uh reference in it he says i want to like stay home and play atari that's how long ago this was atari was the referenced video game system in this song (laughs) Like he's like, I want to stay home and play Atari. That's that's a long time ago, baby. It's gonna be a while. (laughs) Playing Pong, Space Invaders. (laughs) And yeah, there's so many. It seems like half the time it's tough to dissect like gamers from toxic gamers versus people who are there basically because that's like their only platform left where they can get away with just talking shit. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's some time I heard. Yeah, see, I never got into that, but I heard. It's like a video game awful. should be just that, just entertaining thumb wars. And then, you know, if we get to, and there's people I played with who just got too personal. They literally want to get you in a headlock. I'm like, oh my fucking God. Yeah, that's. This is not real. 
Yeah, I heard there's a lot of bullying on there. At the same time, uh, have you ever heard the theory that it does away with those who, um, long story short, like crime rates are down? No. (laughs) It's kind of like the same essence of porn even. It's like all the ones who got the perverted thoughts just let it all out. And it's like, so yeah, video games are basically detoxing, I guess, the public. (laughs) Oh, they're saving lives. You're, You're not. And I always would use that in my counter argument when I would see someone do an outdated video games, movies, or causing violence. It's like only if you want inspiration and you're watching it the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this filmmaker did not, I mean, Michael Mann did not make heat so that two years later, the people at the North Hollywood shootout would go and rob banks and kill officers and civilians. <laughs> yeah, they always blame video games guy. And, and things for negative things, but they never like give them credit for any positive things something like that (laughs) there's got to be someone who we blame (laughs) yeah it's a hassle is what it is basically because we're having to even educate all these other old school people who still got an old school kind of fear monger tactic i'm like okay but look at that, how clickbaity that <laughs> news piece says, you know, it's just like there's so many factors to everything. Like uh, some of the movies that I think even go too far often aren't ones that you often see as a serial killers or serial shooters. Uh, most watch movies, you know, the, the guy who shot Ronald Reagan deliberately saw taxi driver one too many times you know for instance yeah, or people are just fucking crazy how about that like how can it crazy. Be nothing to do with anything other than their brain chemistry exactly that's like my theory on ocd people i think there's just an excuse to be an asshole yeah. because you never see an o because ocd obsessive compulsive they're never obsessively compulsive about doing positive things in people's lives they're never obsessively compulsive about enhancing life. They're always obsessively compulsive about draining people. Bingo. So to me, it's an excuse to like, to me, OCD, I'm sure there's some real, but I feel like there's so much of it. That I'm like, I think you guys are using it as an excuse for your self-centered behavior. I totally concur with that. I'm seeing a lot of people address mental illness and celebs who were known to have a good breakdown, but I'm like, yes, but you still should have a filter of who had a long history of, you know, bad influence, awful manager, not getting help, you know, fame took yeah. over their life and destroyed them versus yeah. someone like Kanye, who, you know, is inspiring people to want to be a douche like him. And uh, he's an awful person. knows he's off his meds. And so it is, it kind of even goes back to even just comedy is like how much is edgy versus shot comedy versus went too far. It's just, you don't know till you know, you know? Yeah. I don't. I never understand people, especially with comedy, or like went too far. It's like, how do you not this like no, like this is a performance, like like if like if a comedian's being really edgy, like it's at a comedy show that the end result is supposed to be humor, and whether he succeeds at that or not is subjective. But it's never malicious, and it should never be too far. You could yeah. say it's not funny. But to be too far, like, like you see people like, oh, rape jokes aren't funny. But I'll go watch a movie where Jodie Foster gets raped on a on a on a, mm-hmm. on a, on a, on a pinball machine. It's like, and it's to, that's high art. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. like to me, you're actually showing it. That's awful. 
compared to a comedian saying it. But it's like, yes, if a comedian, if a person saying these things at like an assembly for students, yes, they're awful person. But like, I just, I don't, I never understand people when they criticize any art as being too far, too edgy, too. It's like you have the ability to just say, I don't like this and move on with your life. A lot of it just seems to just not look at trends. Uh, I'm seeing it now with, uh, long story short, there was someone who people were taking to Twitter complaining, you know, F you creator, I love this character, they're leaving. Not the case. They're still with the show. They're just injured, long story short. <laughs> so it's like, and I gave like a bunch of different examples to try to detox this fandom. I was like, there's always people who leave this long running show. Yeah. And it's the same formula they've been using the last 20 fucking years. So it just seems like, yes, to your point, uh, when when you see people who just kind of complain about political correctness or, you know, it seems like they always want to even kind of politicize stuff and then complain when other people are politicizing it. It's like, you really seriously are oblivious to what you're saying. You're just... Well, they're, they're performing as well. That's a performance they're putting yeah. us. It's just like when people say, like uh, I got credit. There was a, a a clip I had that did pretty good on Instagram. I've been doing it for years now. Like I'm a I'm a a recovering addict for years since I'm younger, and I perform a lot of conventions. You no secret. And I tell, but part of my story when I tell it on stage in a comedic way it was I got clean with a lot of black people. So I do these characters and these stories because <laughs> I'm from the suburbs and I was going to meetings in the project. So it's this whole thing, and and then uh. Some guy came on and said, uh, how, how do you not consider this racist? I'm like, well, <laughs> considering you're the only one, this has like 20,000 views. You're the only one to call me racist. A white guy to call me racist. <laughs> I go, this is at a, a recovery fundraiser, which was 70% black people. And they're laughing. He goes, oh, so you're using I have black friends excuse? I'm like, no. yeah. I go, well, put it this way. I go, I do have black friends. And if I'm going to do something involving race, I do vet it through them. You know, I'm not an idiot. And I go, two, I go, you are performing and you're actually the racist because you're saying that these black people that are watching this aren't smart enough to see how racist I'm being. But you are. Like, aren't isn't that more condescending? Correct. Like, excuse me, you guys should be offended at this. It's like you either are or you're not. See, I think when people say they're offended, like you could personally be offended. If I make fun of you personally or your family, I believe you could be offended. But you can't be offended on behalf of a group like that's not attached to you. To me, that's performative. I don't think you're an honest person. That's you're a, a liar. deliberate troll. That's the one you know? where you you now insert yeah. the meme bait watch <laughs> yeah yeah and, and it's nothing has ever offended me and you know what if like if something comes through my feed that i don't like i don't i just move on what i don't you do yeah like i just don't under like you know what I, those are just sad people that need to be heard because like i i don't you just must not have anything going on in your life if you like if you were to like like take the time to put like a a nasty Yelp review or like <laughs> a nasty like yeah. um you know Google movie review maps, yeah like you're just not a happy person you know what I mean like and most reviewers are you probably failed at whatever they do it. you yeah. you can, you could have been successful at making movies if you became a reviewer of movies 
I bet nine times out of ten they're failed movie makers. Oh, totally. Even, <laughs> right? Even when, I mean, I've even done some movie review blogging, and I've just always just said, uh, is like, I don't even pretend to talk in a certain voice. I'm just like, okay, if you like this kind of movie, you, this might be up your alley. This is like, mo- most people, yes. Well, uh, you could criticize without being an ass, is, you know what I mean? Yeah, you can, and you review can, culture, you can, they do kind of like to be like comedians. They like to see if they can break a person. I'm like, no, this is not yeah. a tap out. This is not a wrestling match. Just right. Like I want criticism. I would like criticism of something I make. I can take it because it makes me better. Failure is what makes you a better, you know, as long as it's constructive. But if, you know, I mean, and you know, you see this. People don't see, know the meaning of constructiveness. I don't know. People I, just want to be mean. They would never tell you that stuff to your face. And then you form up the other, like you say, black and white. They're just like, don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. I'm like, well, not all these reviews can be positive. Yeah. See, I never normally go back at people. That's the only guy I went back at. Because I even said, I go, I normally just ignore. Even if you tell me I suck, that's your prerogative. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like uh, Jay Leno said, he goes, 50% of people will think you're amazing. 50% will think you suck. And they're both right. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> exactly. They, they are. They're both right. But I told them, I was like, the only reason why I'm commenting back to you is because you publicly called me racist. I can't let that go. Yeah. Now I got to push back because now you're questioning my character as a person. There's so many people you almost want to see what how they would react if they would shit their pants if you hit them with a defamation of character lawsuit. It's like, okay, who's laughing now? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, if you don't want criticism, you shouldn't put your stuff online. I'm like, that's not criticism. That's that's no. <laughs> that's if you said, Joe, this joke sucks. I've been, I, I've totally moved on. I bet this I, guy. I, has I may have hearted it. I may have hearted it. There you go. Good for you. <laughs> There's a needs to be a thumbs down option now on Instagram. But yeah, uh, maybe I, this guy has 500 other Stan accounts. Yeah, well, like YouTube, they're the meanest because, like, I'll get a critique on my joke. They'll just call me fat. Like, it's not even about the joke. They're like, you're fat. I'm like, well, that wasn't nice. Call yeah. me. That, was a, that was a bad month when I did this video. I was eating people? a lot of extra bread. Leave me alone. <laughs> I didn't know How that sweater didn't fit until you... it was too late. Then the camera was rolling, okay? <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> I brought probably... it in a bag. I put it on the green room. I'm like, oh, shit. They'd probably have said that and copied and pasted it in 500 yeah. other videos. Yeah, cause, well, because I, I was talking about eating my fat friend. It was a cannibalism joke. And they go, well, you're fat. And I'm like, well, they go, F you, you're fat. And I go, well, if you think I'm fat, then you shouldn't be mad at this because this is fat on fat crime then. <sighs> like if I'm. <laughs> yeah, double standards here, buddy. <laughs> yeah. But I'm like, I can't. It's it's like you shouldn't look at your your comments, but it's like it's human nature. It's so hard. Posting ghost. I'm trying to practice that. Like I'm trying to practice not looking at my phone for an hour in the morning. It's very <laughs> tough. <laughs> but uh, I got to get rolling soon, dude. Because I have oh, to feed my dog. Having you on, and I'll let you know when it uh, uploads in the spring. Um, yeah. Uh, anything else? Uh, like for your website, you want me to tag in there? I can do that. Yeah, JoeFernandez.net, uh, you know, YouTube.com slash Joe Fernandez, you know, any, any, you know, all the social media stuff. The YouTube's really where the stuff is actually, you can get the podcast, everything is there. Every, literally everything is there. Literally, literally everything. The only thing different on my website is the, uh, my dates where I'll be performing live. But if you're not in, I mostly am like an East Coast comic. So I look forward to your upcoming uh, autobiography. 
how I used YouTube the right way. Yeah, we'll try. It's the only way to get your shit out there. Vimeo seems to not be able to do anything. Vimeo, and until they then start saying, now you got to pay 500 you know, a month for this extra storage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Use your but, investments um, wisely. <laughs> so when will this come out? Uh, definitely around the spring. Springtime? Yeah, Okay. Uh, I'll tag you in it. I appreciate it, man. Um, and, you know, maybe when I uh, make this other uh, short that I'm working on, maybe I can come back on and promote sure. it. Sure. Uh, we, we always try, and then it'll be the <laughs> Fernandez, uh Filmmaker special. <laughs> well, uh, send me your stuff on Facebook. I'd like to stay in touch with you because you're a creative and, you know, I'd like okay, to yeah, check sure. out some of your stuff, I'll, you know. I'll, I'll share it with you. <laughs> uh, welcoming any kind of critique. <laughs> Follow us on the web on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The podcast is available on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor, Apple, and anywhere else podcasts are available. Feel free to review our show and leave comments on any of those sites. Thanks a million for listening. It's a jacked up review show.